This meeting is being recorded. All right. Welcome into the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. Today is Thursday, June 23rd, 2022. We're recording this Wednesday night, June 22nd, 2022. The Lightning Avs Stanley Cup Finals is underway. The Lightning lead one nothing as we speak right now, looking to tie up that series as it shifts back to Denver after tonight. Uh, the Twins, they are having some... Ha- experiencing a little bit of a rough patch they got a huge series going on right now with the uh, guardians excuse me and deshaun watson may have reached a happy ending with some of his uh civil lawsuits he has going against him matt fitzpatrick is our U- is your u.s open champion and where we're going to start the show today is the nba finals wrapped up last thursday and the warriors had some injuries the last few years and then they pick up Just where they left off, they were led by Steph Curry, who finally got that ever-elusive NBA Finals MVP. Andrew Wiggins showed out big, who was also a strong candidate who could have won MVP. I don't think anybody would have complained. And we were a pretty pro-Wolves podcast for a good portion of of the start of the NBA playoffs. And I'm, I'm just curious why the Wolves can't get players like Andrew Wiggins. But like we said, the Warriors, 4 2 and it, this actually brings up a question that Grant poised, posed to us at the start of the NBA Finals or start of the NBA playoffs. Where does this rank step? Because right now, without a doubt, he is a top 15 player of all time, greatest shooter of all time. And he is right on that edge of a top 10 player. It's an interesting debate. I don't. I don't want to get fully into that. I don't want this to turn into an undisputed skip Shannon or skip Stephen a debate, but it is an interesting question because, and I think even a better question is, is who is a better player of our generation? LeBron James or Steph Curry, both have four finals. Steph has won all of his three of his four titles over LeBron and talent wise, you could say it's LeBron, but Steph has the, the accolades and the wins to back it up. What say you guys as far as we um, discuss the whole? I'm, I'm fine if you want to call Steph a top 10. I think that's fair. I think you can make a pretty strong argument for that. Uh, what he's done in the finals has been borderline ridiculous the last four times he's been there. But uh, even when he had KD, he was really the thing that made that team go. Even when he had KD and they had uh, – they still have Clay, obviously. But uh, I would still take LeBron over him. I think just in terms of overall player, just – I mean, Steph can score it. Obviously, he does, like, a lot. But I think just defensively, LeBron's passing, his scoring. Like I just I just think LeBron's still an all-around better player. But, I mean, you definitely could make an argument for it. I feel like that's totally fair. Yeah, well, and I won't dispute that. I think overall LeBron's a better player. But I think I, think I would take Steph as a better leader. I would take him – his shooting – and yeah, I take him as a leader. And, and head to yeah. head to head. And LeBron's a team killer. He's a horrible GM. He should be fired. Steph, Steph is, doesn't have an ego. He is he, as egoless as yeah. they come. Kevin Durant comes mm-hmm. in, lets him have the, lets him take over as the number one. Doesn't have a problem because he'd rather win than be the number one. And he could have probably should have, you could make a good argument that he could have won the MVP finals MVP the first time they won the series, but it went to Iguodala, but I, I almost am tempted to take Steph over LeBron. 
Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not there, guys. Uh, it's, no, that's, I think that's blasphemous. Like Steve and I said, yes, LeBron's a team killer in these last couple of years. It's all been all about him, his wine, his, was it the tequila company he's got now trying to make movies, moving out to Los Angeles and everything else. But I just look what LeBron did when he carried that 2007 Cavs team to the finals. I mean, just getting them to the finals is insane. And then also what he was able to do this year in 20, no, excuse me, in 2018, um, when he just had, you know, Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson and, you know, the J.R. Smith debacle by not putting up, not putting up that layup after that missed free throw. Look, you know, what he did there. And then, you know, he was, he was the catalyst there in Miami. D. Wade stepped aside after LeBron learned after that fallout in 2011. But if it wasn't for LeBron in game six of that series against the Celtics and then 20, you know, 20, 2013 game seven against the Spurs. He took that over. That's not taking anything away from Steph because, you know, I'm with you guys. He's a borderline. If he is top 10 in my eyes, he's probably eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, which, oh, darn, the NBA has been around for 75 years and you're only a top 12 player. Shoot. But he's just, he's just not what LeBron is as a player and he's, as he can carry a team because I look at it like this, and that 2018 finals, that Golden State team with Durant, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, Sean Livingston, and I still think they had Andrew Bogut against Kyle Korver, Tristan Thompson, LeBron, and J.R. Smith. If Steph was on that Cavs team, I'm not even sure that he could have carried them to beat the Celtics. So, you know, these last couple years, yeah, it's hurt LeBron's legacy, but He's still, I'm still taking over Steph, you know, any day of the week. And look what he did this past year at age, age 37. I mean, you know, so, you know, it's fair to criticize LeBron in that aspect, but he, no, LeBron's a top three player in this league of all time. Um, and Steph, again, like I said, oh, darn, he's only a top 12 player. If he's, if that's as low as he goes. Yeah. I, well, like I said, I'm not debating as far, as far as talent and, Talent-wise, LeBron's far and away more talented. But I think I, another argument, too, you could pose is Steph has he, – he changed the game for sure. More You see a lot more people – I mean, not everybody is born 6'8", 230 pounds and can just hammer it down. People look at – kids look at Steph and say, oh, I can be him because Steph isn't – he's still 6'3", but not overly tall. But he can shoot. He can work, do the ball <laughs> handling. He – he didn't have the physical gifts. The guy worked his tail. He only went to Davidson and was able to have an incredible tournament in, what it, was it, 08? And then... I, it was 2000, I thought it was 2009. I think it was 08. Because it, it was... They, they lost to Kansas in the Elite Eight that year. Okay. So, yeah, I think it was 08, but... It, he... In where the game is switched more to a three-point game, and, and that's that's doing a little bit of a discredit to Steph, I think, too, because Steph is really good at a mid-range game, too. If he's not hitting his threes, he's not afraid to go dish it in. He's got a good floater. He can get to the rim. He can shoot, take a couple of steps in and shoot a 15-foot jumper, as he did in the finals, especially in some crucial moments where it felt like the Celt momentum was leaning the Celtics' way. Steph would do a little bit of a shot fake and take a couple dribbles in, get that 15-footer, and then it would just almost felt like it snowballed and for the Warriors, and they would just go on a run. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, this, this was Clay's, this was Clay, not Clay. This was, this was Steph's, Steph's finals, you know, to shine. Um, and I think this, this one helps his legacy of all the titles the most because the 15 title people are going to look at him and they're going to say no Kevin Love, no Kyrie. I mean, uh, you know, Delavidova did his best on him to slow Steph down and, when Steve Kerr put in Iguodala, that's when that finals changed because he was able to slow LeBron down. He probably, LeBron probably still should have been the finals MVP that year. Who are we kidding? But um, Iguodala did his best to slow him down like Kawhi did in 2014. Again, slow him down. He probably still put up, you know, 24, seven and, and six in a game, which is, oh, it's just a poor stat line for a guy. Um, if, if, if that was my stat line when I was being slowed down, I'd be, I'd be just fine with that. But then, you know, look at the 2016 final where it's the 73 nine team lead warriors team when they're up three, one, the fact that Steph couldn't close that out and LeBron and Kyrie had the magical runs in game five through seven. Then, you know, after that offseason, that's when they signed KD. And if you think about it, even though the warriors went 73 and nine, they had all that talent, best team in the regular season ever. They needed another superstar to take LeBron down. And I think people viewed that as, you know, those were, those are KD's titles. You know, Steph was a superstar. He was a great regular season player, but in the finals up to that point, he, he couldn't close series out. And then you look what happened in 2019, you know, 17 and 18, of course, like I said, that was the Durant titles. And then in 19, when they're playing Kawhi in Toronto, you know, they're down in that series three, one, Game five back in Toronto, KD comes in. And once he comes back from that calf strain, you're thinking, uh-oh, this series is over. We got to, we're going to have a 3-1 comeback for the Warriors this time. KD's going to be the three-time finals MVP. Now this is really hurting Steph's legacy. And then when Durant got hurt there in game five, you know, the Warriors won that, but they couldn't finish it out in, in six like the Raptors did. And so then when to Steph for him to finally show up and show out in this year's finals, it was like, okay, yeah, he can, he can do this. You know, he wasn't carried by Durant and the other two and he, people didn't have the injury excuse for LeBron in 15. He didn't, they didn't fall apart like they did in 16. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have some Ethan got anything to say? No, I think no? we're good. Okay. All we're right. Covered a lot there. <laughs> did long winded. <laughs> kind of felt like i was working for espn there just just talking and talking and talking <laughs> but who knows it may have may have been more like jj reddick where it made sense or i couldn't blasphemous like like um like what is it russo the new the new mad dog guy or yeah yeah Chris russo, mad dog. Uh, that guy he's that guy he's a nut they need to get him off tv well you know who he worked with before he worked with was mike it? francesca who was also a nut they had a show together in, oh, in new God. york and it was yeah that had to just be four straight hours of just nonsense, just straight banter. There was no commercial breaks. There was no advertisement. It was just th those two idiots talking for four straight hours. It, it had to. Like, it, you just go onto YouTube or Google. You can go down a whole rabbit hole of all the stuff, random shit Mike Francesca has said. <laughs> that just was completely just not true. So so Russo isn't uh, – he's not new to the uh, talking, talking out of your ass game, but <laughs> – so that's part of the job requirements to work at ESPN. So they got a good one. Very true. Yes. And we'll, we'll move over to what happened on Sunday. It was a 
phenomenal close to the U.S. Open. It was the course was ad, as advertised. It was ugly. It was rough. It was if we all would have been playing, we would have shot 132. But Matt Fitzpatrick was able to outduel Will Zalatoris, that final back nine, which was just a back and forth knockdown drag out war for a golf match. It felt like it was a heavyweight fight where Zalatoris was up. He went up two. It was a two hole, two shot swing on, I can't remember which hole it was, but, and then gives it back. And then all of a sudden Fitzpatrick finds himself in the lead again. Scotty Scheffler was able to make a little bit of a run. He kind of just wrote it out. He didn't, he didn't do anything to lose it. He made, had a strong push at the end, but he just settled for a couple of pars instead of birdies. And then by that 18th hole, Matt Fitzpatrick is up by one stroke, drives it into the sand. Zalatoris is in the fairway. He hits it, and he gets it close to make a very makeable birdie putt. And Matt Fitzpatrick hits the shot, of the shot of the tournament out of the sand in that bunker, puts it in where he gives himself all he has to do is two putt. He does. And Zalatoris's his putting struggles continue in, Matt, in majors where – he just does hasn't quite been able to get over the hump and make those putts that he needs to. The last putt on 18 rims out. But overall, the course was brutal. There were guys chucking clubs across the across the rough. And it lived up to the US Open hype of just nasty greens, nasty roughs. Yeah, I watched oh I watched most of the day Saturday afternoons so like usually most like the back nine by like 10 through 18 i got to see or like eight through 18 but then sunday watched like the last three holes it was, it was interesting watching scheffler he was just rolling like on saturday and all of a sudden he's he's up two or three does like a triple bogey on the par three and he's down two it was just just that's just golf in general but i think that even heightens it more at the u.s open like Three strokes is a freaking huge deal at the U.S. Open. Like that's normal that's for a us. Wing, it's just crazy. Yeah, us, it's a normal. It's normal, normal, normal for us. We could be Grant could par could par the first hole. Ethan and I could triple it. The next hole, Grant's tripling it, and we both par it, and we're back to all square. Well, it's yeah, funny. exactly. Ethan, we talked about this on Saturday when we were, you know, we were meeting up. We were going somewhere. We were just like he had a lead, and before you know it, he puts a shot in the sand, and then he's back and forth, back and forth. He's circling the screen like a big bird. And it's like, this happens to the best, the best of the best. Yeah. And that was coming off three straight birdies. And then he puts oh. it 20, almost probably 20 yards over the goddamn green, right, literally right on the out of bounds line. Can't mm-hmm. get it on the green, chips it past it, misses the putt. Like it was probably one of his worst holes I've seen him play in the last four majors. Oh, yeah. yeah like, that he- course humbled you so quick. Well, and but the crazy, like I, Dylan and I, we were talking about this last week. Good Lord, you hit a drive into the rough. You're at best trying to punch that thing out because you can't see your ball. You can't no. see it. it. It's unbelievable. But and then what even what I thought was more crazy is, is the score these guys put up for a U.S. Open was actually fairly good. Yeah, because yeah. Fitzpatrick finished. Was he? He was six. Was up, minus six. six. It was minus six. Zalatoris and Scheffler were minus five. Sometimes at some U.S. Opens, the, the we're, we're we're running right on par or or one under. So even for a U.S. Open at this course to be at six under just shows how good these guys played this past weekend with the conditions they had when it was only fifty eight degrees on Sunday afternoon with all this pressure. I mean, so, so props props to these pros because 
six under is a great score for the U.S. Open. Well, and you and not back that. on 16, oh. the shot that Zalatoris hit in knee-high grass, where he was able to get it close. And he didn't, he didn't get on the green, but he was able to get it close and then get his chip closer so he could one-putt and still save par. Mm-hmm. And then 17, he birdies it to get back within one. It's it, it, it was incredible. It was, it was what you would expect and what you want to see in a Sunday Sunday at a major tournament, and especially with all the live tour nonsense and going on too, where you see guys keep quitting and going, but guys that are staying true. And I don't know if I, I, it is interesting how the guys that did move over to the live tour did not have great, a great turnout at the. Yeah. It's almost like, almost like the golf gods came on and said, well, we're going to really humble you assholes here. I mean, Phil shot what 10 over on Friday. Yeah. He didn't even make the cut. I mean, or on Thursday, excuse excuse me, the first day, it's almost like, do I even want to play on Friday now? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, what's what's the point? You just get your ass kicked as a pro. If we shoot a 10 over, we're we're buying the rounds for the whole bar that night because we're ecstatic. No kidding. Um, But but, but these guys shooting 10 over, it's like, I don't even want to play on Friday. Like, I'm I'm just done. You know, oh, all of a sudden my calf hurts. I can't walk. I'm done. Yeah. But people aren't talking enough about, like you, you mentioned it, Fitzgerald's shot out of the bunker on 18, what, 170, 175, and he sticks out within 12 feet. Like, that's freaking insane. And that was Just a the bunker, too. Yeah, it was deep. He could barely get over the goddamn lip. I there, were, there was somebody, I can't remember who it was, was saying they should put a statue up next to that bunker because of how great of a shot that was. It was insane. And, like, no one's mentioned it. No one. No. When the one. I, was it, I think it was, was it, is it 15? Was that the long, the 637 yard par five? Um, no. It, it was, but what just stuck out to me is both those guys, they hit, they hit great, um, you know, great tee shots. You know, they're rolling, it's probably like three, you know, we'll say like 310 with carry or something, carry. And then, but then it's still 315 yards to the pin. And Zalatoris is just sitting back like, oh, you know, I want to pull out a full four iron and just be comfortable here. And then Fitzpatrick is like, well, we're just, we're going to send it with this three iron or this three wood. And I'm looking at this thing, like they got to go 300 yards and they also got to go about 50 yards up a hill. Like that just looks awful to play. I can, I just, I was looking at that thinking, I can't remember how these guys are doing this. And I think that was the whole after um, Zalatoris gave the lead up because he bogeyed. Um, you know, put her in the sand and then Fitzpatrick, um, you know, came back and, and he took the lead, but just like a light switch, you know, nothing happened. You know, they say the most important play, most important hole is the next hole. And boy, did he take that in a, in a play there? He just, he, nope, nothing stopped him. He just, you know, full send. And it's like, these guys aren't human. They're machines. That's why they're pros and we're not. That's why we're, <laughs> we're talking on a podcast, critiquing them about, I am about Will Zellatoris not making enough putts yet. If we got into a putting contest, he would put, he would wipe me out. But oh yeah, it would just be, it would be an absolute savaging. That that guy is, I I'm I'm gonna be so happy for him when he finally wins it because he's been so close so many times, and I I think he's been in a top, the top five of them of major finishes like the last three or four. I remember last year he was runner up at the major, at the Masters behind uh, Hideki Matsuyama who. He he had a relatable shot on Sunday. I don't know if you saw you guys saw this, but he was the chip. 
Yeah, that chip where he chips it onto the so- onto the lighter rough, and using the thick rough, chips it, just goes about two feet in front of him into the lighter rough, and then he chips in. Except difference is we're not chipping that in. Oh yeah, and then you know us, we do that kind of bullshit. We're sitting back like, ah, oh, well, take they're gonna take this again. That's Mulligan right there. This didn't count. Or or you're just so pissed off, you just you go ten feet past the hole and then you three putt anyways. Oh yeah, you just you just <laughs> yep. you just burn it and it's like, geez, what what am I what am I doing? What what are we doing here, guys? <laughs> but you know what's also crazy on, on Sunday, Rory had a horrible what first eight holes? He was what four, three over. And then no, first six holes, excuse me, he was three over. And then after that, he was roaring and he was he was right back. there at the end. He was right there. So you know, like again, this crazy game, you know, you you play 12 great holes on Sunday on a major to try to win the US Open, but your first six come back, to, you know, bite you in the ass. But again, your point done with the whole live golf, you know, someone started chanting, you know, fuck Greg Norman. And then Rory, um, would you give that guy an autograph or something like that? He's staying true to the PJ and he was right there. So it, it's always kind of cool. Um, I, I I was like watching Rory play, so I was kind of hoping he could have could have taken her home on Sunday. He's almost he like the Boston so Celtics. Saturday, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's almost he, like the yeah, Boston Celtics crazy. of the uh, PGA where they he's got a strong start and then they just lapses and then he makes a strong push at the end and it 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 just isn't quite enough. We'll, we'll find all, out when he goes back. Sitting, he's always sitting back thinking about what could have been because he has, you know, that one round or those five or six holes where he just goes pear-shaped and he can't recover from that. Yeah. And we'll find out next week, or not next week, but the next major down when he goes back home to St. Andrews, see how he does. Maybe he can finally get a get another major win that's been eluding him. I don't, I don't even know the last time he won a major. Because would that be his first British Open? I believe so. Because hasn't he? He's won the U.S. and what PGA, right? I think yeah, I believe that's. I think those are the two he's won. We'll take a. We'll take a look here. We got we got a smartphone. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. He has. He was second at the Masters this year. He won yep. the PGA in twelve and fourteen, and okay. he won the U.S. Open in eleven, and he won the. He does have a British. He won the he does, British. Okay, so he won so the he Open just, in fourteen. So he just needs the Masters for that career Grand Slam. Yep. Yep. Okay. And well, he's had a couple of chances there too. It was in. It would have been an 08, I believe, when he was leading the final day and then fell apart. And then last year, or this year, 2022, where he had a strong push at the end, it just wasn't enough. Scotty Scheffler was just playing too good. And I guess, yeah, yeah there's always year's, next year. This year's, term, this year's tournament was Scotty's. It was, it was just his day. Yeah. It was his, it was his it was stupid good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we'll move over to some, we'll have some football talk here as, What's crazy to think, you guys, is training camp is only one month away about. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So, We're like training... seven weeks away from the first, the Hall of Fame enshrinement where, what, the Jaguars are playing the Raiders this year, if I'm not mistaken? Something like that, yeah. Couldn't even tell you. Still, still a little bit of a ways out, but we're getting there. We're getting closer. I'm, I'm excited. I know I, both Grant and Ethan are, but it was reported yesterday, and we alluded to it at the start of the show. Uh, yesterday, it was – Deshaun Watson's lawyer came out and said that he has settled 20 of his 24 civil lawsuits against him, potentially getting a happy ending to, for him on a conclusion of if he is 
going to be playing this year. I do think he will be suspended depending on how much, just based off precedent, because Ben Roethlisberger, when he went through his situation, he got six games and other situations, but it got dropped down to four. So I'm sure there will be a suspension. I don't think it'll he'll get his time served like for sitting out last year because it was mostly because he didn't want to even play, so he wasn't going to play regardless of the suits of what happened. Well, and the Texans also said we're just not going to we're going to make him inactive. They didn't they didn't force the NFL's hand. I've said that you know multiple times. The Texans just kind of said, mm, put our hands in the air and not do anything about it. It's it's in a no win situation for anybody. Oh yeah. The, it, it, it's the most Browns thing ever to trade for a guy you might not get the, that might not even play for you or might not play the whole season with you. And one it, question of when, when Baker is going to get traded because that still has not happened yet. I know there's some talk of him going to the Panthers for Sam Darnold, but I don't, I, I think he's going to be out for half the year and I'd be curious to see how he's going to come back and play because I don't expect him to come back and just flip that switch on. I think when you don't play for 25, 26 straight games, you're going to be rusty, and it's going to depend on how the Browns are able to manage that situation and see what they can do and get stay somewhere within that race because it, they're also in one of the toughest divisions in football. Yeah, and you know yeah. – Go ahead, go ahead, Ethan. Go ahead. Uh, but no, you did say mention one of the toughest divisions in football. Ravens are going to be a hell of a lot better. Steelers, I mean, they have a good roster. Whether that the QB will be kind of remain to be seen, I guess we don't really know on that one. But it, it, this whole thing kind of played out like almost exactly how I thought it would. It's he said, she said. There's really no real. I don't. Know, I guess I couldn't say if there's proof or not. I have no idea. But you're going to probably pay him out, and then you're probably going to get suspended. That's probably what's going to happen. What the Browns are going to do at QB, I have no idea. I don't think you can throw Baker out there. He ain't going to do it. He wants out. He ain't going to stay there. And I, even if you asked him to be a starting quarterback for a year, I'm pretty sure he'd tell you to F off. And I well, don't yeah, blame Baker, him. Baker's in this tough spot, too. Because if he says, no, I don't want to play for you, I'm done. Because, you know, the situation with, with the Browns and the Panthers for the trade is how much – uh, the Panthers want to pay for Baker's salary since the Brown pit, mm-hmm. Browns picked up his fifth-year option. What is it? That $19.2 million is guaranteed? Something, um, yeah. So, but Baker's in a tough spot, too, for him as a football player because if he, you know, has a hissy fit and doesn't want to play and says, nope, I'm not doing it, well, the last thing he put on tape was a horrible end of the 2021 season, and he was the reason why the Browns were handcuffed and missed the playoffs last year with all this talent. So even if he doesn't play, he's not helping his future out. Um, so Baker's in a tough spot. The Browns are in a tough spot. But just looking at the Browns' schedule right here, guys, now, and how perfect would this be as week one, they play Carolina. Could you imagine if they work, they work something out, Baker gets traded, traded to the Panthers. Week one, the game's in, the game is in Charlotte. Bank of America Stadium is rocking because it's week one. We all have hope before it gets half empty, and these Panthers fans say this team sucks. Let's just get, get them out of here. And then Baker has the game of his life against the Browns. Um, that that would be kind of funny, but um, I just if I'm the Browns, there's no way I can trade Baker until I know what's going on with Deshaun. Is it going to be six games? Is it going to be eight? What's it going to be? Uh, because 
if you trade Baker and have Deshaun, but he's suspended, who's who's your backup? I, I have no idea who that who that quarterback is going to be. And Stefan Kyle Slaughter. Oh God, they're in trouble. Or Case Cookies. Or 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 is it still Case Keenum? Is there's Case? They had he case might be. Yeah, I don't know. But Case Cookies is better. I, I like Case. I mean, he he can win you some games. And actually, if that's the case for the Browns, that's not terrible because as long as you run that strong running game and don't make Case have him be the guy, you get him rolling out of the pocket, you can win some games with him. Um, so that wouldn't be the end of the world there. But, um, yeah, the Browns, they just got to – the NFL and the Browns, they got to figure this out before training camp. If I'm the Browns, I'm sitting back and I'm saying, hey, when training camp starts, we need to know if this guy's what's going on here. Just oh. say, hey, you know what? We got the legal stuff for the some, somewhat figured out, but as a team, and if I'm Kevin Stefanski, I'm looking at this roster like this is a good roster. Um, if we don't win many games, this GM's going to be in the owner's ear, and he, they're going to be sitting up in that box with that suit on, and he's going to be saying, "Hey, I gave this guy a hell of a roster. I, if he can't put it together, it's not my fault. He needs to get out of here, and then Kevin could have a job real quick." Well, so, so this is. It's a horrible situation for everyone involved. Well, I, it, depending on what happens with Deshaun, I think if he's out for an extensive amount of time, I think it's going to be a heavy dose of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Hunt. But th- this is the at the current quarterbacks on the Browns roster right now. It is Deshaun Watson, Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, and Joshua Dobbs. Oh, they're screwed. They're screwed. So, that that's who they have. I I my guess would be Brissett would be the guy. Brissett would be. And he's I mean he's serviceable. I think I think if you ask him to hand the ball off forty times a game between Chubb and Hunt, I think it would give Stefanski a Chubb, and they they could. I there if it's eight nine games, I there, I think they have the talent. They have the offensive line to go five and four, four and five somewhere within that. Keep them in. Because I think I do think the North AFC North is going to beat each other up this year. So I think, I think as far as seeding wise goes, I think they might be a three or a four seed. I don't expect somebody to pull away, just because there's, yes, the Bengals went to the Super Bowl last year. They were going to be working. Seed. They were yeah, exactly. They were a four seed. Their offensive line, they they definitely went heavy with getting upgrades, but they still got to go out there and do it. I don't know how much I trust Zach Taylor as a head coach. The Steelers, it's going to be either Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Who knows? Lamar Jackson is back. The Ravens, I don't think, are going to be as injury-prone as they were last year. You know they're going to be better deep defensively as well. And they're, they're going to have a heavy dose of the running game too because all of their I'm running backs are going to be back coming back from – Yep, Dobbins, is it George Edwards? Or Gus Edwards. Yep. And so they're they're gonna be improved. And then that puts the Browns with with Chubb Hunt. They traded for Amari Cooper. Donovan Peoples Jones is showing a lot of promise. They've got uh Najoko. Najoko, right? yep. Eighty five. Yep. And then Austin Austin Schwartz, the speedster from Auburn, who's a second year player. You know, he was he's an Olympic runner. Yeah, but- David Bell, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. They drafted David Bell. Yep. My question with this is, Dylan, is, is you know, if you go with Brissett, you know, we say he he can hand the ball off, you know, 40 times to Chubb and Hunt, and he can't lose the games. Well, you had that with Baker, and they were still probably five and four last year. And are you telling 
I, I know Baker's had his struggles, but he's still a better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett. I've seen Jacoby yeah. Brissett play. I still think if he plays, he's the Browns are at th- they're pushing three and six. They're not at that five and four mark because then teams are no teams. They still have to be a little worried with Baker that he can get on the edge with some play action. But with Brissett, I can't trust him. So I'm I'm putting seven and a half, eight guys in the box, and I'm making him beat me. And right there, I think you're looking at a three and six record for the Browns. Yeah, and, and I also think too is is that Baker does get a little bit of a bad rap because he was injured for most of the year. His shoulder was absolutely destroyed and kept playing. And that's probably another reason why he hasn't been traded yet is because there's questions about his shoulder. He didn't play well. Well, but then- to Baker's credit, he is he has as many <clears throat> playoff wins as Deshaun Watson, and he is the first quarterback. He he's the best quarterback the Browns have had since Bernie Kosar. So Baker isn't. Baker can play in this league. It's I think sometimes Baker just gets in Baker's way. And well, and you know, that's that's a fair comparison to say they have as many playoff wins together, but let's let's push that to the side just for a physical tool set and someone who can carry a team. Yeah. Sean Watson is a dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a top eight quarterback in this league. The only reason why he doesn't have more playoff wins is because Patrick Mahomes turned on the God mode. And it's, it's, it's not his fault. Bill O'Brien called a terrible fake hunt. It's not his fault. Bill O'Brien's a terrible GM. It's not his fault that that guy fumbled in um, when Daniel Sorensen tackled him after that first touchdown and it was four, four, your favorite player. Yeah. I love Daniel Sorensen. Have fun in New Orleans, Tom, have fun in New Orleans (laughs) going up against Brady. He's going to light his ass up. Um, the little amount of hair that Daniel Sorensen has is going to be gone after this year, after he gives up another six touchdowns when he doesn't communicate with his defense. So have a day, New Orleans, you're a terrible franchise. I still can't stand for what you did to the Vikings. So have fun with them um, and enjoy being in second place in the NFC South this year, missing the playoffs. Sorry, back to Deshaun. Um, and it's not his fault that Bill O'Brien didn't, didn't go for it on that fourth and five. So that playoff loss isn't, isn't on him. And remember what he did in 2020 with Brandon cooks as his best receiver. Yes. Brandon cooks, the guy still threw for 4,700 yards and went berserk. So again, sorry to go sideways there, but when it comes to on-field talent, Deshaun is a dude and he's a top eight quarterback in this league. Okay. And so let's, I, I have the Brown schedule up. Let's go down. Say he is suspended for eight, eight or nine games. That's half the year. Didn't, well, did what's, they do, what's the what's the NFL's thing on on personal conduct? Is it six or eight? I, I feel like really those are most. Does it vary? I think it just varies. I think they just. I think I think what Goodell does it. I think he just has a dartboard in his office and oh, domestic violence or some br- criminal. I'm just gonna. Th- take a dart, throw it at it. That's what my suspension is. I think oh, that's, yeah, I, mean, I, I think, sorry, the P, PEDs is, is six on the first. Yeah. And I think a full season on the next. Yeah. You guys are at personal conduct. It varies yeah. on the, the situation. I mean, even so, if they did have something for uh, misconduct, like how do you rate like possibly sexually assaulting 20 some females? Like, I mean, like it, compared to one, you know, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, that comes down to the owner and that comes down to the owner and what the owner's moral compass is and what he believes to be true and how he sleeps at night. Ben, you know what? 
These guys are all billionaires. They have yeah. no moral compasses. Exactly. <laughs> you, they, they, you know how they go to sleep? They sleep, go to sleep. How they sleep? Bed, they sleep on a bed full of money. Yeah. On a bed full of money. Thank you, Don Draper. <laughs> and so we'll start week one. Browns, Browns at Panthers. And I have the line for the, the first two games, actually. They have up here on the ESPN app. Browns at Panthers, 11 o'clock, uh, September 11th. Browns are a three-point favorite. So that's with Watson, I would say. Uh, as of right now, I think we have to assume they have Watson. Or, or well, no, say, he's, say he's out. Say he's out, I'm saying. So say he's out the first well, That game. line will change if he's out. It'll be a push almost. It, or it'll be like Browns minus one. Yeah. I'll still take the, I'll still take the Browns. Okay, one and all. All right, next week they go they – go, they have their home opener against the Jets. They are a six-point favorite, so I, I think win. that probably knocks them down to a three if what Watson's yeah, they're, out. They're going to win because Garrett and Clowney will just run rampant against that horrible Jets offensive line. And then on Thursday night, week three, they play – they have the Steelers at home. Oh God! I don't know who their quarterback is. I'll go Browns. F it. I see. Yeah, I still take Browns. I don't trust Trubisky. Or Baker, Baker. Even if they take Baker, he's better than what the hell the Steelers are going to throw out there. Exactly. Yeah. So they're three and zero. And then week four, they go to Atlanta play the Falcons. That's the. Why not? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This is the one game where the Falcons show up and the Browns lay an egg. They're they're three and one. I'll go balls. Y'all say four and zero. Why not? Why not? Okay. Why not? Full send. Right. Baby, fifty cent. Grant's got him three and one. Ethan four and zero. Oh. Week, f- yeah, week five. Chargers at or yeah, Chargers at Browns. So they host the Chargers. Oh, Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, okay. that's uh, all right. It was fun. Yeah, Chargers. Then week six, uh, they play the Patriots at home. Belichick's gonna shut shut them down. Yeah, Belichick I, will know how to stop Brady down. Yeah. They're three and three. Three and three. Oh, that was yeah. quick. That Belichick defense, though, he's gonna he's gonna make you play left-handed. Um, they're gonna shut the run down and make Baker beat him, and he's gonna throw him an interception or two. Four then, two. Yeah, four two. So then they go to Baltimore in weeks. We on week seven now? Yeah, week seven. seven. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Four and three. Four, three and four. Okay. And then they play on Monday night. They host the Bengals and Joe Burrow. I'll say Browns. I'll say Browns too. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I'd say Browns four and four. Okay. And then week, week nine, they go to Miami. I'll take Miami. We'll, uh, we'll finish. Yeah, I, I, think, I think, I think my, I think Miami wins that game too. Okay. So Grant's got them at, you got them at what, four and five, four and five. I got five and four. So yeah, it's, it's about what we said. Yeah. And yeah, if they do that, they, their schedule, the, the opening of their schedule actually sets up fairly, fairly, fairly well. nice for them. Yeah. Because yeah. then after that, they go, they go to Buffalo. They Lost. have the Bucks at home. Oof. They go to Houston. Great city. Yep. Great city. The they go to Cincinnati. City. I don't know why. It is not my favorite city, but. It's a hole. <laughs> the we, hole. We're not, we're, it, 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 it's okay. It's very, very hot, very muggy, but. Depends on where you go, like any place. There's nice places of the cities. There's nice places of Houston. Sugarland, Texas is a beautiful town. And that's where I stayed. So that's where what my point of view of 
Houston, Texas is. Yeah, because you weren't in the actual city. You were in a different city yeah. limits. Doesn't count. Same thing. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah, That's huh? like saying Edina's Minneapolis, and God knows Edina ain't Minneapolis. It's not. <laughs> exactly. Ethan is on the same train right here with me. Well, right? well Sugarlands is basically the cake eater part of. Well, yeah, because we can all. Yes, that's not Houston. You, Houston. you tell me how much fun you have in Houston. I had a good time. Like, like I mean, like bad part of Houston. Like, yeah. Well, I went to Minute Maid Park. I banged on some trash cans. They they just I would game there. They asked me to bang on them, and I said okay. Let me guess. Jose hit hit two home runs that night. I don't know. I couldn't see. I was in a tunnel. Okay. <laughs> They were, they were just telling me curveball, curveball, curveball. I don't know how they picked me or what, but I, they, they said curveball, so start banging. Fair enough. And, yeah, he hit a home run, and they went to the World Series, and they lost all four games at home to the Nationals. But we'll, we'll stay in the baseball lane. The Twins are in a very crucial series here. They uh, Ethan, do they still lead three to one against the Guardians? Um, it's currently five three. Um, Indians have guys uh, first and third, nobody out. So it was five one coming into the inning, and now Gray's kind of uh, might be coming to the end of his rope here. I think a little bit. What inning oh, did you say awesome. it was in? Top five. Top five. But it's the yeah, same he's thing. Out. We... Yep, they just pulled him in the top of the fifth. Nobody out. Okay. So four plus tonight. But. Huh? The Twins from last week's episode, Grant and I talked about the pitching, their bullpen and starting rotation have still plagued them in this brief stretch or this latest stint of the season. Still need to make moves, but this series if is very crucial. They win tonight and then win tomorrow night. They win a series. They're back up two games. I believe they're even right now in the Central. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So – Huge series. I, mean, I like what Rocco said yesterday. Like, it's not where you are right now. Like, it's great they're here right now, but in two months, this isn't going to be the same team. Like, it, it's going to no. have different pieces. It's going to have bullpen up. It's probably going to have an additional starter to go with Joe Ryan and Gray. Like, there's going to be moves made. So, I mean, right now, yeah, they're and from the injuries they've had, like Buxton's missed time, Cray has missed time, Sano hasn't even played. I mean, we have young guys stepping up that are going to keep getting better and better. I mean, heck. Miranda missed a walk-off two and homer by about a foot last night. So it's yeah. like, which last night was bad. That never should have happened. But, um, but no, it's not going to be the same team in two months. And that's the exciting thing is you're in a position now where you're playing well. You're not great. You're not playing awesome. Like you've played okay, pretty solid. But going in two months, you're going to have a whole different team and it's going to be fun. Well, and especially if Luis Arias keeps on this tear, I mean – Shoot, you know, we always knew he was going to hit for a high average, but it seems like these last 10 days, he's been able to amp this power up. And, you know, you got Correa hitting two shots tonight. Um, you know, Buxton, Buxton doing his thing all year. If you can, you know, if you can get a rise in Kepler and Sanchez, Miranda, you know, Kirloff, Larnick, when they get their shot, if they're, if they're out able to add to this lineup, when we can get these bodies back healthy after the All-Star game, watch out. I mean, what's, let's, well, let's roll. When we get to these dog days of summer when it's hot, let's keep target field packed on a Tuesday night when, uh, when and the guardians are in town. Oh, you're yeah. getting, uh, you're getting bullpen help here soon. Jorge Alcala is just starting to rehab assignments. So he'll be up here probably in a couple of weeks and he'll probably be your second setup guy with Duran. Yeah. And it, was ni- it was nice to see Duran get out of that spot mm-hmm. last night in the 10th. 
Um, now we have a uh, field bar. Started out, you're thinking, oh, this is circus. What was that? What was that, Ethan? We have Thiel Bar coming in now, the friggin' circus, so we'll see. Oh, okay. boy. Well, Fingers crossed here, boys. Hold on to your bar. 656 ERA, because, I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Bring him in. Come on. Hey, it's a good opportunity for him to see what he's made of. I Help will say later on. only two of 20 runners that he's came in on with on base have scored. So, I mean, I'll give him credit there. If he, if he gives up runs, it's his own fucking fault. And – and 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 to this, the credit to this year's team is is when they've had a loss like they had last night, losing an eleven in a game where they blew a lead, they've mm-hmm. been able to bounce back, and they haven't let one loss become four or five or six. I think they've only lost three straight twice this year. Wow, yeah, I think so. That was a big out right there, though. Holy cow! So, and, and Grant and I talked about it last week. We the, this team is winning in a way where they aren't relying on the home run ball. They're winning by getting guys, moving guys over. They're winning with their, uh, like we've, it's been no secret. Their pitching has been a little bit of a struggle, but they've been able to find ways to get wins in spite of it. And the pitching is only going to improve because they are going to make moves. They're going to make some deals. They're going to sure up that bullpen and starting rotation. And we're going to be, be this, the pro twins positive podcast here and say this team is going to the alcs we're speaking mirror, it into existence it's happening the mirror, the mirror of positivity exactly. out, i'm gonna go into yankee stadium and i am gonna have everyone hate me in that stadium when the twins go in there and take the first two games hey i'll be right there with you man it's gonna be great i won't have any savings left but hey that's all right experience that's okay. is over money who needs to retire anyway let's live in the no, moment it's boys stupid yep like what like john depp I- said in um um public scratch enemies. Off. Too- that, that's my retirement plan scratch yeah. off like what johnny depp said in public enemies we're having too much fun today to be worrying about tomorrow yep. <laughs> exactly <laughs> let alone 35 years what a- <laughs> that's a long way from now it's <laughs> one of my old co-workers you know, said. The earth it's is only money you can always make more exactly exactly <laughs> Well, Fieldbar makes a great pitch to get Jose Ramirez out, and then he throws it up the right field line on a pickoff. So the experience of Caleb Fieldbar is back. All right. It's just a glass case of emotions, and we'll like move said, over circus. to milk was, a, milk was a bad choice today, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we don't talk a lot about hockey on here, but it is the Stanley Cup playoffs on Saturday night. The entire Pepsi Center was singing Blink-182, which – we need more of all stadiums singing in unison songs because it is incredible. It just gets you amped up. It sends chills up your spine. And we are in for a great series after the Avs just lobotomized the Lightning the first two games. It seems like we, in game three, the Lightning flipped that around and it got a little chippy at the end. Game four, it was one nothing. at at the start of this podcast, I think that's where it still is. It's tied. Tied oh, up. Oh, it is tied. Okay. Oh, it just, just tied it up? That's upsetting. But no, the Lightning have calmed the storm from the first two games for sure. And and they're the two-time defending cha- Stanley Cup champions. So they well, and, it, it's not they're not going to be fret over being down 2-0. Well, and also, guys, they've been down 2-0 twice already in this playoff playoff year. Um, they were down 2-0 the first round against Toronto. Um. And then came, you know, came and won that series in seven. That was a series where the home team won the first six games. And then just a, a series ago in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Rangers, they were down 2-0. And then, you know, in game three, they were down with 
you know, 10 minutes left to play and they score, they score three straight goals. And then, uh, you know, at that point when the Rangers were up two one, I told some buddies at work, I said, don't let Tampa Bay win game four. Cause if they win game four, they're going to win the series in six. Cause like you said, Dylan, they're champs. They've been there. They've done that. And what do they do? They, they win, you know, the next, you know, four five, six, and then send the Rangers home and, you know, yeah, like you said, it was, that was an embarrassment on Saturday. If you're a Tampa Bay fan, I mean, they, they didn't show up. They looked like they didn't want to be there. They were scared, but they went home. They had the home crowd behind them. And Andre Vasilevsky finally played like the player, like the goaltender he's been all year. Can you kind of calm that storm a little bit? And they got to win. So this is a big game tonight for the apps. Cause if you let the defending champs come back two two, and if Vasilevsky can keep this going for them, this is, this is where Colorado doesn't want to be. And, uh, in return for Colorado, their big thing is, can Darcy Kemper, former Minnesota Wild goaltender, can he keep his head on straight? Because he's been what's holding Colorado back all year. People are like, eh, if there's one thing that's not going to make them not win, it's this goaltender, kind of like Kansas City in 2018, when Mahomes was coming lighting the world on fire. I mean, this abs team scores kind of the way the Chiefs did in 2018, but the Chiefs couldn't get a stop. Can Darcy get a stop? We'll see. And tonight, tonight will be big. You know, like I said, it's 1-1 now. Um, Oh, so which which goaltender is going to hold big and then keep his team in this? Is it two three two or two two one one one? Two two one one one. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. I think so baseball is the only one that does the two three two anymore. I yeah. think you're right. And you know, if I'm, um, you know, if I was John Cooper, the Tampa Bay's coach, before Game Three, I'm getting, I'm getting in front of my team and I'm saying this. All right, men. You know, we were embarrassed. We had to fly back to Tampa. After these two games, they got to go back to Denver. They're going to go back as champs, or we're playing it. Or, you know what? Why don't we join them and go back? And they won, and they get to go back to Denver. So let's, let's just see how it comes back tonight. And then uh, maybe after tonight, we'll be lucky enough where when they leave Denver, they got to get a plane and fly back to Tampa Bay National Airport and play game six next Wednesday. Or no, uh, set, uh, Friday, uh, Sunday, excuse me. And Grant, you said at the start of this, I don't, I don't think we talked about it on air while we were recording, but I remember after, I believe you said lightning and seven. Are you sticking with it? I'm sticking with lightning and seven. They're okay. the champs until someone beats them. Um, I'm I, kind of just like golden state. I'm going to roll with them. And like I was just saying right now, I trust Vasileski more than I do Darcy Kemper. And if there's one thing that'll change a series, it's a hot goaltender. Um, uh, Tim Thomas did it in 2000, 2011 with the Bruins. Jonathan Quick did it twice with the Kings. You know, Jordan Biddington did it with the Blues and Vasilevsky last year. If there's one thing that will change a series, it's a hot goaltender, and I still trust Vasilevsky more than Kemp. So I'm sticking to my guns. I'm saying Lightning and seven. Okay. And Kepper's getting peppered right now on a power play, by the way. All right. And then we will uh, move over and Ethan has curveball of the week. So, all right. So, it's this, this might be a splinker of the week. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a whole Johan Duran splinker. You don't know what's coming. Oh, but uh, this is not good. We're going to talk. It's more just your opinion in general, but your opinion on automatic flushing toilets. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, and yes, I thought of this while sitting at work today on the toilet, if you, if you wanted to guess. Well, dude, some of your best thoughts in life come from sitting on the job. This is, this is true. These are facts. I mean, 
You're welcome. I could probably cure cancer if I was sat on the toilet long enough and my feet fall asleep. <laughs> get tired. And I'm just not that smart. But um, um No, you're not. I just went there. So that's oh that that's not good. Um <laughs> but I don't dude, I'm I'm not a I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm gonna be honest. Because one, I feel like sometimes they might flush when you're not ready. And if I'm not ready, I'm like, ooh, yeah, was not prepared for that. And that is not a not a good um, surprise. And another thing I don't like is sometimes you have these idiots out in public who use way too much toilet paper. And these things aren't that powerful. And then if you, you know, you have to you have to go in there and then it's already half covered in toilet paper, you gotta almost kind of put your hand in there and sense it and reflush it so the toilet paper goes down. And then people are thinking, they're already flush. What's this dude still doing in there? So then it's just a whole big or bigger ordeal than it needs to be. Um, I like to flush and do something like that on my own terms. I don't want something automated doing it for me. Not a fan. So what I got out of this is Grant puts his hand in the toilet after he's done using it. If I have to, I will. Gross. That's I'm disgusting. Kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I can't put this past you. Well, Grant, you want to go? Yeah, I, I, I'm not like Grant. I don't put my hand in the toilet after using it. I, yeah, I, that, that was, uh, I think he's joking. I don't know. I don't want to know. So I guess we'll never know. I mean, this dude did leave his house to go take a crap at a gas station once. So, I mean, that's <laughs> not putting anything past him. Hey, well, oh, that, that nature... story was fantastic, by the way. <laughs> but, I, I have you know, someone was just murdered there last week, so it's it's fine. I didn't go to that case. I went to the hollow oh, Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. But so I I do agree with Grant where sometimes it'll randomly flood. The worst is when you're on when 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 you're doing a number two and we're talking about this on the podcast, which I, I appreciate everybody that's still listening to this at this point, but there's times where you like some of them automatic ones, they get a little trigger happy and they just flush consecutively, consecutively, consecutively. And then they splatter everywhere. And then it like sometimes shoots over and then your pants get wet. It's just not a fun thing to deal with. So I, I, I do agree with Grant that I do like having just being able to flush on my own terms. I legitimately think they might be the worst thing ever made. Thank like, God. That's a hot take, but they are, the, especially the ones at work. If you breathe, it fucking goes off. Like <laughs> you literally have to hold your breath for ten minutes if you don't want to get your ass wet. Like it is the most ridiculous thing ever. And I'm I'm very tempted to send corporate an email telling them get new toilets because these things are literally. It, you, you move an inch and you're, and you're, you're done. Like it's like a, it's like a freaking water park. Yeah. Well, I'm, am I at Niagara Falls? I mean, what's going on? Literally, do I have to wear like a freaking coat and a frog tog into the actual toilet? Like, did cover myself <laughs> up? Like, jeez. Oh, well, either you, 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 you got a promotion. You're, you're basically a suit now. You should be able to get that fixed. You know, if I might email Brian tomorrow, we're going to have a little chit chat. Just Why email you, Glenn Taylor and say if you don't get them fixed, you're gonna, you're you're gonna handcuff your, yourself to a, the a hoop next year at Target Center. Oh yeah, yeah that'll be better than trying to glue your pants. Watch it on there because I'm an athlete and just hang there. 
Well, yeah, that'll be better than that clown trying to glue her hand to the court. She successfully did. I, that was one of the most unbelievable things I've ever witnessed. Some things you, you know can't what? see, bro. Some, some things Obviously, you can't see, bro. Obviously, we need more people to do it because that's the only way we win games. That's You're actually true. right. We won every game when some idiot came on the court, right? Yeah. This year? No. Yeah. What's the play yeah. in and then game okay. four? Game one, game one against Memphis, that chick like handcuffed herself to the hoop. Yeah, in Memphis, yeah. So yeah, shoot, so we're three for three in playoffs this year. Yeah. Well, looks like we might have to take one for the team next year and do something stupid on Target Center, Ethan. We always do something stupid, so it's really nothing different. We'll just get arrested this time. We'll be famous. Exactly. Yep. Well, you got to well, do it big that at this that point well, then. For, and then when we do that, we'll be wearing a three guys talking about podcast t-shirt. There, there, hey, there it is. And that's how we're, we're doing it in the show. We're doing it for the brand, if you think about it. Exactly. That's how we're gonna end the show. We'll talk to you next week. Welcome back. Make sure you tune into next week's episode where, well, we're not really sure what we're gonna talk about. Maybe the college world series, the twins, and where whatever else happens in the world. Check us out on all of our social media platforms where we will be posting other content. Check out the Three Guys Talking Ball Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 3GTB Podcast, where we will also be posting short clips of the show and other content. You can also check out our Three Guys Talking Ball YouTube page, where we will be posting the full podcast if you want to see the video version. That puts a bow on this week's episode of the Three Guys Talking Ball Podcast. We'll talk to you next week.